0: in for such a treat today, you guys. And if you don't already know what the definition of tenacious means, you don't need to look it up because you're about to understand by the end of this episode, because Jerry Robinson, today's guest, Jerry with an I, by the way, she is all that and more. She is a mother, a mentor, a singer, a life coach, and an advocate. And though her advocacy stems from a life of trial and tribulation, she also has so much joy in the midst, and she shines like a ray of hope in everything that she encounters, and that encounter today is with you. So you should feel blessed already. I am so excited for Prophetess Jerry Robinson to just speak to your heart today and you to just receive. So be open-armed, be open-minded, and hear who she is and what she is through her life experiences and how it applies to you. She also has something incredible called Ambassadors University. You've got to check it out. It will equip and prepare you for what you are called to do. And I will get to be teaching in it as well. So I'm excited for that opportunity. You guys, subscribe and review. If you don't subscribe and review or you haven't before, this is the one to do it. Review, Jerry. Give her some love, if you will. That would be amazing. And also to stay up with all the podcasts. You can text the word podcast to my number. Yes, it's me. Yes, you're really talking to me. Yes, it's my phone. 757-906-3734. And don't worry, I kick out the creeper. So I'm excited for everyone who's tuning in today because I know Jerry is going to bless you. I hope that it will. I know that it will. And I hope that you share this episode with somebody else that needs to hear what she has. Her heart song is amazing. All right, y'all. Be blessed. This is your God wink, the moment that heaven says for such a time as this. It's time to own your joy, prioritize your health, discover your wealth, and exude your wholeness. It's time to become truly fit. However, this isn't a fitness podcast, though I'm a retired personal trainer and nutritionist. This isn't business jargon or tips and tricks to landing your successful passion project, though that's totally why I'm a business coach. This isn't a quick fix health detox ploy, though I'm all for therapy and I love Whole Foods. I do have a YOLO side sweet tooth, though. This isn't confusing religious banter, though I'm an ordained minister still figuring out the many things and facets and faces of Jesus. It's really none of that. So I'm wondering if you're wondering, what is this? Well, This is an opportunity to join me alongside other big dreamers, innovative movers, and lifestyle shakers as we explore and share our messy comeback stories and discoveries with each of you fellow passionate seekers. The Fit and Faith movement was birthed through my own trial and error discovery of mind, body, and soul alignment, and to be totally transparent, my own entrepreneurial crash and burn experiences. I've learned firsthand that being fit isn't about our physique at all. It's not about our qualifying abilities or titles. It's not about our potential. It's truly about our God-gifted passions meeting our purpose. You are one step away from achieving your idea, your dream, your calling, your purpose, whatever you want to call it. And I want to be there for the moment that you say yes in freedom, clarity, and confidence that you are living fully fit in who and whose you were made to be. Welcome to the Fit and Faith podcast with me, Tamara Andress. There is no better time than now to get fit. Whoa, whoa, whoa! That get me in the mood. I was like, "All right, girl, this is good. Oh, wow. This is fresh." <laughs> I never listen to those because it's so much fun. And I swear it's like the um, Morgan just knows you guys. It's like, yes, bring the fire, bring the heat. We are here today with prophetess Jerry Robinson. And I am so excited to just Go deeper with you. We've gotten connected from Clubhouse, which is all Yay. arranged right now. Yay. I've been in rooms just hearing her spit fire of truth in God's mm-hmm. glory. And so I believe who is ever here listening with us right now, whether it's live or on the podcast to come, you guys are in for a special treat to just get to know her as I know I am as well. So thank you for joining us.
1: Oh, my God. Tamara is such an honor to be on here. And I'm like I'm so like in awe right now of this whole introduction. I'm still on an introduction. I'm so sorry. (laughs) I love it. Amazing.
0: so good. You know, it's kind of like a little treat too, because I think it's, you guys are always so much more than I think we always give ourselves credit for, right? And we see ourselves in this own light and we look in the mirror and we're like, oh, this is me. But then somebody else comes in and they take a viewpoint and a vantage point. It's almost like God giving you this new mirror of yourself to say, this is who you are. You stand in this authority. You stand in this just authenticity. And the word that I love that just jumped out in your bio was tenacity. Um, and uh it resonates with me so good so i'm excited to learn like how that was birthed
1: in you yes oh my god first of all again it's just been such an honor just to meet you, like you said, on Clubhouse and all of the different things that you're doing that is so amazing. And one of the things that I love that you said, first of all, is being able to take a step back. And that's something that I actually was talking about yesterday, Tamara, about how there's sometimes so people are so close to you that they're not able to see the real beauty of you and what you really have to offer. It's just like looking uh, in a pair of glasses. When I had to go do my eye exam, when an object was too close to me, it started getting blurry. I said, oh, God. He said, no, afraid. don't get scared. I said, okay. She said, the object is too close to you. And so mm-hmm. God began to show me that he said, when people are too close, it, their image of you start getting a little blurry and they really, really don't appreciate fully what what you have to offer. So that's so powerful that you just said that. It's just amazing. Wow.
0: I mean, and so true and so parallel to my own testimony too, as you're unpacking that a bit more is because sometimes the people that we anticipate are going to be our biggest supporters or the people that should, we think they should be our biggest cheerleaders aren't. And that's even family members. That's people who could potentially live in your own home. And that's, that's a really hard thing to receive. And I believe that it's not necessarily that like absence makes the heart grow fonder, right? Or that you have to push them out. But there is this knowing of an inner circle that sees the full picture of who you are. That is so powerful in us being able to continually activate. Because if we're consistently brought up against this barrier, then it's really hard for us to continue to say yes to the God dream, to the God authority, to the God promise. When they're constantly taking us off of the pedestal that God promised and that he has us on.
1: That is so true. Something that I began to uh, talk about even yesterday uh, when I was at my church. I said, you know, oftentimes a lot of people talk about Joseph and how it was so, such a bad thing that happened to Joseph. God began to favor him with his father, and then his brothers, because of their jealousy, put him um, in the pit. And I said, yo, have you ever really considered? that Jesus allowed them to put him in a pit so that he can get away from the people that he was going to help later on. Wow. You so got to really look at the perspective of Jesus Christ and how God thinks and how he moves. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. And so things that God do, he do it with purpose and intention. And that's one of the things I love about God. He said, listen, you, you think that you're in a bad situation. You think that's something uh, that you can't handle, but God said, no, all things work together for my good. I'm gonna make it work for your good sis so it's all right just relax That's
0: so good that's so good and I know that that parallels to your own story so I was I haven't even really officially given you your own bio overview yet but I'm gonna let, let you dive in and go to like the roots go back to the storyline that had you in your Joseph moment and and really has brought you to the place that you are now
1: Well, um, I'm definitely a daughter of eight, a daughter of eight living in New York City, my mom and dad. Um, And unfortunately, um, at the age of five years old, Tamara, I was taken out of my home um, uh, and placed in foster care from the age of five to the age of 21 years old. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people think, oh, wow, that's, you know, okay, that's great that maybe you was in a situation that was really not healthy. Well, I can't really say that I was in a healthy home. I was in a loving home with my mom. Um, you know, I just remember just such great times with her. Right. Um, but unfortunately, one incident uh, where we went to go and visit my dad um, at um, a local church and all of that, and all of a sudden, Tamara, we saw a whole bunch of cop cars just surround um, all of my mother's children. It was late at night in the dead of winter time. And we didn't know what was going on We with crying, we're fearful at the age of five, you can only Imagine Um, I've never seen anything like that before. And they began to take me from the arms of my mom and place me um, in a car. And I know it to be now um, ACS. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Children's Services. And as I was there, um, you know, uh, uh, they began to transfer me then to home at the home at the home at the home. Um, and, and so I began to just go around um, pretty much from the tri-state area. Um, I can't even count how many times. And the homes that I was placed in, unfortunately, Tamara, was not places that were healthy, were not places um, that was suitable for a child that would like to just grow up happy. Right. I yeah. was in a, a toxic environment, um, in a very abusive environment to where um, I could literally wake up and just, you know, touch the mantelpiece and see crack cocaine. Um, When I wake up, you know, um, my very first meal that I remember in foster care was alcohol, you know, drinking alcohol at the age that I was. um, Mm. And, you know, it's crazy. Like these are the things that. these this is movie stuff, but it's really my life, you know, and, yeah. you, know, you know, being abused as a young child. But God saw fit to still use me. And he said, despite of everything that you went through, despite of the pain that you had to go through, despite of the abuse um, that you've experienced in a foster care system, there is still hope. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I began to get older, God began to reveal himself to me in a brand new way. I was sitting on my bed. Um, and I believe at that time, um, the Lord um, had saved me at the age of 15 years old, Tamara. Um, and I, be, you know, I known Jesus for myself besides my mom. I'm like, OK, I know my mom said go to church, but yeah. I don't know God for myself. And so at the age of 15, I gave my life over to God and I began to cry in my bed. I was up in my room at my aunt's house at that time here in New York City. And I said, God, nobody loves me. At that time, I felt abandoned. I felt alone. I felt rejected. Uh, All of the things that I've been through, I said, why are my parents not coming to get me all these years, right? And in a sweet, still voice, Jesus said, but I love you. Mm right then and there, Tamara, nobody ever could ever tell me that Jesus is not real. Like I'm like, no, you don't understand. I've experienced them. I heard them for myself. Right. And so in that moment, I literally um told God, God, whatever you want to do in my life, I am willing. I'm an open vessel at the age of 15. And so at the age of 15, I began to preach the gospel. Um, of Jesus Christ. And I began to travel and preach and um, have been uh, on platforms to this day on the Word Network, television and magazines and have traveled abroad and just done some great exploits um, for God. But it, it took a life of of te- like you said tenacity for me to not give up, not throw in the towel, despite of what I saw, despite of what I've experienced in my life, and it goes deeper. And we had about two or three hours. We probably could have told it, but I, I gave a little short snippet version of that. And so, yeah, yeah, so
0: powerful, so incredible that you know that's the the time frame that you were being you know grown and matured, and yet you had to do it so fast. Right. You had to really look through a different lens. Talk about those glasses that you were talking about. You were putting those on at such a young age yeah. and, and looking through a world through, that I would never want my own children to have to look through, right? A lens that I would never even put on any child,
1: right. let alone
0: somebody that young. And yeah. so I'm, I'm curious as you were going
1: like home to home, did you get to be or see ever your siblings during that time? So, um, yes, when we first started in foster care, I actually was with my two sisters, which was really, really good. Um, And we got a chance to just be together for a short amount of time, not a long time, just a short time. Unfortunately, that home was not conducive uh, for us. And we got, you know, rejected out of that home. And from there, um, me and my younger sister um, then uh, lived with my aunt, which was unfortunately very, very abusive. The one she was strung out on drugs. And and that's the place where, unfortunately, we learned of of drugs ourselves. Um, Thank God we were shielded. God didn't allow us, you know, to be affected in where we took drugs. Or anything like that, um, because we saw what it did to my aunt. We saw, you know, the pain and what it did to us, and and so um, living with my younger sister, unfortunately, well, uh, fortunately, I will say, um, the cops got involved, ACS got involved, my other uh, aunts and uncles got involved, and say, hey, we got to get these kids out of this toxic um, home. And we were able to then go upstate to Utica, New York. It's a very small town. I don't know if anybody know Utica, New York. Never, never heard of it. I know. Every time I say that, everybody's like, what is Utica, New York? So, Utica, New York is near Albany, New York. Okay. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, it's a really small town. And so, we got a chance to go up there um, with me and my youngest sister and my oldest sister. And we reignited then. My younger brothers were split up. So, three of my brothers was in Virginia, and then the other two were old enough to where they split up. So, I mean, you know, it, it's a very unfortunate situation where you, you're longing for family, you're longing for that mother-father connection. And to this day, um, Tamara, and I wanna say this to really, really just encourage someone that, to never give hope, never, you know, um, lose hope uh, in, in relationship with your siblings. We were able to mend a lot about, um, you know, relationship with my brothers and sisters. And so I believe that God is still evolving us, but we're getting there. That's
0: yeah. amazing. That is a crazy, cool testimony. And it's like one of those things you like when someone has a, a testimony that is just has a wow factor to it. Yeah. There's always the people who sometimes will feel like ashamed almost or like quieted because they've had a normal testimony. What's normal? Right. I'm not really sure, but something unadventurous or something right. that didn't had a lot of trauma. And so right. they feel like they're not as purpose. Right. So what would you say? I'm sure you've interacted with people a lot and they're like, well, my testimony is nothing like that. I came from a healthy home remotely, kind of. Right. And my family dynamics were really different than that. So I would love to hear like what you would just speak into that, that variation of emotion that can rise up within us that is honestly the enemy because every testimony matters. But I'm curious what you would say.
1: Absolutely. You know, I like you said, you know, we overcome by our testimony. And so any little thing that God has done for you, it could be as simple as God has kept me in my right mind. It could be as simple as, wow, God blessed me with a scholarship to go to my college that I dreamed about. Those are powerful, powerful testimonies. And guess what? It's not the big testimony that is impactful. It's actually your experience that you've had. Mm-hmm. That you're able to tell somebody else that they're able to now overcome their situation. So no matter what you're going through, big or small, God is able to use you and who you are and what you have to offer. And I always tell people this, Tamara, I said, listen, if you don't come out of some things that you're in, whether big or small, they can't come out of what they are in. So your voice is connected to somebody else's success and deliverance. So good.
0: That's so good. And it kind of goes into what your heartbeat is around Ambassador University even. And so I'm so curious. There's so much that we can go down every sort of rabbit hole, right? But I definitely want to take time to just unpack that. And so knowing that you have this heart for empowering and this heart for serving and helping others to find that wholeness of who they are and activate in it, talk to us about what your role is within that and how people can get involved.
1: Yeah, so the Ambassadors University, I'm so passionate about it um, because I found that there were a lot of people who would come up to me and said, you know, Jerry, you know, there's so much that I want to learn about purpose, about my faith, and not just about my purpose and faith, but also about business, about my marriage, about finances. And I said, hmm, this is not really being offered uh, in, in a more scalable thing, right? To where people can actually say, I can attain it. Right. So, you know, and, and, you know, when you go to college, it's like $40,000, $30,000. And I'm like, oh God, I can't do that right now. And so God told me to just offer it in a small amount. Hey, take a little course here, take a little course here for $99, you know, and that you're able to actually get a course that teach you about how to budget your finances, how to um, dive into mental health, even how to be a life coach. Cause I'm a certified life coach. And so um, this university um, is an online university that they're able to obtain it wherever they are in the world. We have people from the Netherlands. We have people from Bahamas on with us. We have people from even right here in the States, in Kansas and New York City, right? That is logging in right there from the comfort of their home um, and being tapped into something powerful called information. I think that the greatest thing that we can ever bless ourselves with is knowledge is knowledge. That's what's going to cause us to grow in our relationship with God is getting this information in your hand so that you can actually have something to give away to somebody. But guess what? Also to empower yourself to be the best version of you.
0: Yeah, that's So good. And I'm sure for you, like that conversation of generational change is like massive. Yeah. It and is. so giving people access to the knowledge that allows them to break those generational chains is yes. so so incredible and yes. it's it doesn't matter again no matter what your testimony is like everyone's history as a history, and everyone's story right. is worth telling. And so yeah. it's the knowing that we now, no matter what our age is, no matter where we are, no matter our sex, which by the way, today is um, National Women's Month Start, So I was like, yes, yeah, this is so perfect that you're yes. on today. I've had so many dudes lately, which I love my <laughs> men, but I was so pumped that you were on. And so just like Giving giving women, and not just women, but specifically women, because of the, the month that we're in, the platform, yes. the yeah. opportunity, the ability, the willingness, yes. and the authority to say, you too can speak, but we yes. have to speak from a place of knowledge. We have to speak yeah. from a place of wisdom. So when yeah. you came to know the Lord and he whispered in your ear at 15, and you went out and started preaching, like, How much had been deposited since your childhood, like from your mom, or how are you gaining knowledge to continue to like step into that
1: place and to actually preach, which I think is so amazing, so young? Oh my God! First of all, my mom, you know, had us in a house, and she would teach us the Word of God, and it was like a little church inside of my house. It was just amazing. My mom was truly amazing. She taught us how to pray. She taught us about the Word of God. We would have Bible studies and 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 even music in our home. But then, as a, of course, you know, my mom, she would take us to church. Um, Literally, it felt like every other day. Tamara, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm serious about that. My mom was always in church. Um, But I loved it. It was something about gathering together with other people from different walks of life who had, like you said, different testimonies and different experiences, but we're able to come together and worship God and really be really, you know, heal ourselves from the inside out. And so from there, you know, my uh, late pastor who passed away, Um, uh, he began to teach me and pour into me the word of God. And he saw the hand of God on my life. And at a young age, he said, Jerry, I want you to put down. um, At that time, I was giving my offering um, on the line. And he said, Jerry, I want you to put that down because you're going to preach today on the pulpit. And I was like. Me? I was like, oh God, I'm scared. And I was the youngest person to ever preach at my church for the very first time. Wow. And from there, he began to pour into me. God then sent me mentors in my church that will pour into me because the prophetic anointing was on my life. So God brought me um people that would mentor me in a prophetic at just at a young age. I saw that God took me through all of that. Because he said, I need to accelerate you for where you're going so that you could be prepared for where you're going. And so, yeah, I didn't go out, you know, just be like, I'm just going to go preach. No, my bishop, he wanted to make sure I was ready. Um, and when I went out to preach, he also made sure that I had an older person out with me to cover me, make sure that I was speaking the right thing, saying the same thing, um, saying it. So that was pivotal. I, I think mentorship is so important. Um, in our lives. And then later on, um, i not sure you're familiar with Pastor John Eckhart. Um, he began to take me by the hand and saw the hand of the Lord on my life. And um, he'd been, you know, mentoring me as well. Um, and i tell people all the time, um, mentors is not always what they say, but is what they do. Is the life that they live before you. And so Pastor John Eckhart has been instrumental in his life.
0: Yeah, I love that. I think it's so good too, because so often it's even under what I do and what you have now under coaching, right? Like everyone and their sister and their brother is a coach. And it's like my third pinky can now coach you. (laughs) Like it's ridiculous. And so it's the understanding that it might not even happen immediately in a coaching situation, but in a mentorship. And I have so many mentors, mentors that I have never even spoke to that I just follow closely in that knowledge, understanding in that deposit of a thought leadership. But at the very same time, the ultimate mentor, the ultimate coach is Jesus Christ himself. And so staying rooted in the word and then following in the footsteps of those who are rooted in the word allows us to have that ability to truly see with fresh eyes, but through the lens of other people, and then also to activate it within our own lives. I love that you're doing that, you're exampling that. And I'm curious when you were in those homes, was there ever like a deposit that you felt from the, this, the Holy Spirit or maybe those people trying to pursue God at, or church or Jesus and it was all blanketed from lies of drugs or alcohol or di-
1: abuse? Uh, Did you oh ever see God. him present? Um, You know what, I, I mean, you know, honestly, In that moment of time where you're that young and you're experiencing all of the trauma, the pain, and just all the different things that that I had to see and go through, it was hard at times to to see God in those moments. Sometimes, you know, I I went through anorexia. anorexia. I don't know if people that are listening have ever experienced something like that, an eating disorder, Um, but I went through all of that and hating myself, self-hate. Cause I didn't think that I was good enough. I didn't think that I was, you know, um, you know, good enough to even be here. Right. And so, um, through, even through the midst of that, God caused people to just come in my path and said, no, you are good enough. There is purpose in you. There is something there that God loves so much, you know? And so because of that, I thank God that they were obedient to be able to pick me up and say, listen, I want to hold your hand through this process called life and be able to teach you, be able to pour into you. And one of the things that I love, Tamara, about mentors, they don't give up on you when you give up on yourself. So many times I wanted to just quit and say, you know what, I don't want a mentor. I don't want nobody else. I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. And they're like, no, pick up the phone or I'm coming to your house. Yes, that's so (laughs) good. Yeah, so I was able to... Um, look past all of the hurt and look past all of the pain and actually see that I was good enough to be valued and to be loved. Yeah. So
0: beautiful. Were you ever able to actually actual do therapy like beyond just therapy within the church or within mentorship in order to like kind of go back as one of the practices I had to do? was actually go back and sit with the little girl and some of the situations that happened in my own life and see through the lens that God was there, that he was present. And it was my inability to see what what he was doing.
1: Yeah, well, I, absolutely. Well, I wouldn't say that I went through in my younger years, yeah. any type of therapy or any like, yeah. anything like that. I think now more so that therapy is more common to go to, I think back in the days, it was like, Oh, therapy, there must be something going on with you. There must be something wrong. Right. Um, And so I wasn't privy or had the resources to go to therapy when I was younger. Unfortunately, you know, I, you know, growing up in, in New York city and, you know, you know, growing up in in foster care, you don't really understand how to deal with money. So I had to learn everything on my own um, and all of that and bump my head quite a few times um, and everything. But when I got older, And I would say even now, I actually have a coach in my life um, that actually is with me every week going through everything, even if I think that I'm over stuff. And I'm like, I'm over my childhood. I forgave everybody. I forgave my mom. I forgave my dad. I forgave everybody. But she's she was able to take me back to even the childhood. Okay, I know you're saying you're over it, but let's still look at it. Yeah. Let's make sure that there's nothing hidden underneath there that can really cause you damage later on in your life because now you're mentoring others. So you want to make sure that you look at it very, very closely. And so I thank God for my coaches. I thank God for my mentors. Yeah. That's so amazing. I'm so curious. Like, I could.
0: Okay, okay, you know my feelings over commercials, but this is too good of timing to pass up the chance to tell you about this incredible opportunity that I have cultivated with you directly in mind. You, the passionate kingdom entrepreneur. Stop running the race on a treadmill to nowhere. Stop the analysis paralysis and the overwhelm, and honestly, the isolation of business building. You know I am all for women supporting women and the concept of community, but this newly developed program takes that concept to an entirely new level. I am giving you an all access pass to my team of experts and strategists in order for you to develop your own business to the fullest extent. I've taken my business with these incredible people from an idea to five figure months in less than two years. And I want to provide you the keys to this freedom and centered joy. This is a coaching program with direct conversations with real people in real time. Ask the confusing hard questions that have you lingering in rabbit holes. Get the direct insight you need to design the dream into a fully operating abundant business. Y'all, listen to this A-Team, okay? There is a branding and content strategist, a mindset and financial success coach, a biblical foundations teacher, a marketing funnels and ads expert, and of course, yours truly, your Christian business coach, if you are ready to truly invest in yourself. In your God dream and the people that God is calling you to, this is the only place to start that gives you a full lens development strategy that you can lean into as a trusted, knowing source on a firm foundation. Y'all, I am uber passionate to see you flourish and illuminated within your purpose. You can enroll now by heading over to the one-on-one coaching tab at TamaraAndress.com. Remember, I have the simple version of Tamra, T-A-M-R-A. I don't know if you know that story, but it's from The Prices Right, about a week before I was born. So thanks, Mom. <laughs> anyway, book your call and simply email me, coaching at TamaraAndress.com. Either way, I cannot wait to see you activated, and this is going to be an incredible opportunity and a beautiful season to see you design the God dream that God has planted in you since your mother's womb. It's going to be fun, y'all. I can't wait to connect. Let's get started. How did you lean in to your gift of prophecy?
1: Oh, gosh. Well, how did you know? Like, did
0: somebody speak it out over you as you were helping somebody else?
1: Well, the gift of the prophetic ministry, I actually got that at a very young age as a teenager. (laughs) Um, It first started with prophetic dreams. So I would get a whole lot of dreams and I'm like, okay, what is this that I'm seeing? You know, and so what I did was I was a writer. So I I literally have journals upon journals. And so I will write out everything that I saw, even though I did not understand it. And I said, this is going to come in handy somewhere, some way. And so I will write everything out. And then the dream started getting more and more relevant. And um, I would dream um, current events that would happen. And so I actually dreamt 9-11. This was my first real prophetic encounter Um that I had that was very very serious so i dreamt um the you know the plane crashing into the twin towers and i woke up screaming at that time i was living with a friend um coming out of foster care didn't really have nowhere to stay um, or anything like that. And so she woke, she said, what's wrong, what's wrong? And I told her what I saw. And she said, oh my God, you got to tell pastor. At that time, we both was going to the same church. And um, I woke up, called, I didn't call my pastor because I was so afraid. I called my choir director. <laughs> he, was a pa- he was a prophet, right? And so I told him what I saw. And he said, Jerry, you got to talk to pastor about this. So I, I eventually brought up the courage to speak to my pastor. He said, okay, Jerry, I want you to go and pray. And so I began to pray. Next thing I wake up, my friend is nudging me on my bunk bed. And she said, Jerry, wake up, wake up, wake up. It's everything that you saw. She pointed to the television, turned it on, pointed to the television. And I began to cry uncontrollably because I literally in that moment, I could not believe that what I saw was actually on the television. And so um, not only did I uh, dream the Twin Towers. I, also, I actually also dreamt the plane crashing into the ground. I don't know if anybody remember that plane that crashed into the ground that was not able to hit the Twin Towers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I dreamt both of those. And from that um, God began to just show me my prophetic um, calling beginning get stronger and stronger and stronger and became word of knowledge, word of wisdom, mm-hmm. which means I was able to prophesy to actual people and tell them things that was coming, tell them things that they was actually dealing with. And so from there, um, my late bishop began to read my my journals and he said, OK, I need to connect you with the prophet of, of our church. And he began to groom me in the prophetic um, ministry that I still have today, of course. Yeah, That
0: is so amazing. <laughs> In your amb- ambassador's university, are you training and teaching on this?
1: Yes, I am. Absolutely. Wow,
0: that is Absolutely. so powerful. Yeah. I so think I was- words of knowledge, I think visions, I think dreams, there's so much purpose to this. And And Jesus himself said that the things that we would experience would be greater than yeah. what he did here on yeah. earth. And we right. know him to be a miracle worker. We know him to be a yes. healer. We know that he had direct connection with God. Yeah. We have that. We have that power. And it's that's what I think so often the church can be hindered by because things like that can feel fear, like they are fear-based. And I think that the fear or the unknowing feels very scary. And I'm sure even in the moment that you're the one experiencing it, you felt scared. You're like, what is
1: happening
0: And yes. so as it's kind of progressed and you've lea- learned to lean into it, do you feel like a very secure sense of safety in in that expression of how God speaks to you?
1: Oh, absolutely. Now, now having I mean, I'm 39 now. And so I've been, you know, in the prophetic ministry for quite some time now and I'm definitely very comfortable in it. You know, I wouldn't say comfortable to the point where I'm not surprised. Cause God still surprises me all the time. Like I literally, Tamara would be prophesying to someone in my church or prophesying to someone when I go to preach out, and I'm like, God, how in the world, you know? And they're like crying hysterically, and they're like, Oh my God, Oh my God, yes, 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 yes. And I'm like, Really? <laughs> you know? <laughs> I'm like, God, like God amazes me every time. Ah. He's told me is just really, really amazing, and it's something that. Oftentimes we try to explain to people who are prophetic, but sometimes the words slip us because we can't even believe that the stuff is coming out of our mouth. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And what do you feel like in your quiet time? How are you practicing like that deeper connection and that overflow from him? Because I think you are you have to be such a steward. You have to be such a vessel for him. You have to literally submit everything that you are, because if you come in as Jerry Robinson, like you're going to say something crazy. And God's going to be like, Real him back, sister, real him back. So yeah. how, what is your, yes. your quiet? What is your secret time? What does that look like?
1: Well, um, first of all, my ministry, definitely, definitely the foundation of it is prayer. Um, that was one of my first administrations in ministry is to pray, you know, um, and you can only imagine, right. Being in foster care, going through all the stuff that I went through, you know, just having a solid prayer life. That was my way, you know, to get away from everything that I was dealing with in the world. Um, I will run to prayer, you know, and I will cry out to God and I, you know, and ask God to help heal me, heal my heart, heal me from all the things that i experienced in my life. And through those moments um, at a very early age, God began to develop even stronger, my prayer life. And so God took me from praying for myself to now praying for other people then praying from other people to praying for the world at large. And so it just expanded in my prayer time. And so I, you know, I've then began to um, even host something called the prayer watch live on my Facebook page that wears now like thousands of people that join in um, uh, weekly in my prayer, but it it starts from prayer. You know, I always tell people any prophet who say they are prophet without prayer is not a prophet. Mm -hmm. Your prophetic voice you have to have a strong foundation not only in the word but also in prayer and so having a keen um attention to prayer and to his word is really 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 going to strengthen that prophetic ministry um, in your life. So yeah, I love prayer. I, I don't know about nobody. It's just so powerful.
0: So powerful. I was on a women's retreat this past week in Tulum, Mexico, and uh, there were seven other women there with me. And I, I'm such a planner. I'm somebody yeah. who's like, okay, this needs to happen. Then this needs to happen. And like, definitely a control freak. Gotta repent all the time over my need for control, my need to know, my need to have it all figured out. And I, I never felt this like sense of security or peace going into it about a plan. I was like, I, I couldn't put the puzzle pieces together. There was something just hindering me from doing that. And new women were coming on like super last minute. So I'm like, okay, God, like only you know what's happening, what this group is going to be like. And so I'm there and every single morning I just started with prayer I just looked into the word I just was receiving and waiting for a a word of knowledge or a conversation of what is today's understanding going to be based on the truth of what he already had deposited over it. He was giving me words to like have the entire day be around. And we prayed, we prayed so much more than I planned to pray. (laughs) And it was like so amazing to see us praying but without there being any instruction to pray, it was just yes. like, let's pray over that. Or we're walking and we're doing a feet a challenge for some of the women. We were going a distance that some people had never gone. And we had wow. to stop every five feet to just pray and worship wow. and massage and pray and worship and massage and pray and worship and massage. And to know that that journey was not just the deposit of that one person. It was the deposit of our own lives. Like the testimony of prayer within our lives on a consistent basis is so powerful. The transformation from day one to day seven to see the women who had just never pressed in like that. They had never sat and worshiped at at sunrise. They'd gone to a bajillion sunrise, but to sit there and worship like everything around you and just to be present with him in prayer there's just, there's truly nothing better.
1: There really isn't. I, I'm sitting in, as you're talking about, I'm like, I need to go. I, <laughs> I, 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 need, I need to be in there too. Like, We're going to Costa Rica next. Costa Rica. Yeah. Oh my! God. <laughs> Let me tell you, that is so amazing. And I did look at your page. I thought you was like on a vacation or whatever. And so I was sitting there like, and I'm like, oh, yes, a- I like that. And I like that. And I like, I had no idea. That is so amazing. Yeah. So amazing. You yeah. know, I we just all think
0: often and it's it's just in parallel with your with your university and with this live, with this prayer that you offer every week, is yeah. we're just on a rat wheel. We're just right. on this continuous treadmill to nowhere. And yeah. if we don't take the time, if we don't take the pause, if we don't take yeah. back the ownership of our own life and yeah. just submit in prayer, in worship, there's no time for him to to deposit fresh right. anointing, fresh yeah. revelation, yes. new dreams, new power, yeah. the opportunity to, to operate in overflow. It's, yes. it's so necessary for us to have that moment of peace and quiet. And you are seeking it so much younger than me in a place of turmoil. Yeah. Which is yeah. beautiful. It's a beautiful part to who you are because I can't imagine on a consistent basis when things are just, you're having a good day and it's like, well, right. oh, Jesus, like this is yeah. so good. It's you like, have to
1: just keep,
0: keep your, your posture.
1: Yeah. Your absolutely. Posture. Absolutely. Like, yeah. I mean, I always tell people, Tamara, that, you know, I always look at my walk with God as a glass, as a cup. Mm-hmm. And I always say that whatever is poured into the cup is for you. But the overflow that comes out of the cup is for everybody else. Never give what's in the cup. You always take that sustenance for yourself so that you're able to charge up, refill and give somebody else what you was offered through your prayer and through your relationship with God. So, yeah, that's that's how you stay focused. And this is this
0: piece of, you know, self love or self care that everybody talks about now and realizing that it's not in vain when the self love and self care is partnered with God. When it's with a purpose of rest, when it's with a purpose of soaking, when it's it's worship, when it's at church, when it's a bubble bath to just like God speak to me in this moment. And maybe the speech is quiet and that's exactly what he needed for you to do. It's that realization that it's not selfish to have that Mm. cup filled first. And that's exactly why I'm so like passionate about bringing women together outside of their home, especially as moms. And especially as wives and entrepreneurs, I mean, all of these things add up and it's necessary for us to realize that at the core of it all, we're just a little girl. We're just like a tenacious daughter that like eagerly wants more. But the rat wheel and the treadmill is the lie of the enemy.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it, it really, really is. And I tell people all the time, you know, if you're busy like Martha, you can never be like Mary. You know, you got to be able to sit and say, wait a minute. And, you know, Martha was getting mad at Mary say, God, Mary's over there, you know, just sitting at your feet, grabbing all this up. And she said, he said, listen, she's getting the best. You need to come over here and sit down. Stop doing all that work. You know, so sometimes we can be doing so much, so much for God and doing the things of God that we often neglect the relationship and to sit at his feet and just clean from God. And oftentimes just get in a quiet place and say, God, just fill me up. Right now yeah. I've I been pulling out, I've been pulling out. I need to be refilled, you know, by your word and by his by your presence. You That's know? so good.
0: I had this
1: I uh... say, yeah. Oh no, go ahead. Oh no, no, no. I go ahead. I'm 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 with you. <laughs> We're so
0: good. I had a lot of pressing in over Mary and Martha. So for you to bring that up is actually comical because I had always yearned for this like Mary spirit, and I have beautiful yeah. women mentors, in fact, who are very merry. Like I can just, everything about them is Mary. And I am so Martha. I am so like 24 seven. Jesus, come with me. It's going to be fun. It's the party. (laughs) Like I'll host the party. We will bring everyone together. And so I went through this season. It was probably like a year where I was just like, God, I want to be more like Mary. I want to understand what this be still means. I want to understand what just like resting at your feet feels like. And, I was reading actually on an airplane by myself. I was reading the whole book of John. And when there was a specific part, when Lazarus was on his deathbed or dead, technically at that Mm -hmm. point, and um, Jesus was going back to the town to go wake him up. And the very first person who greeted him was Martha. And I remember receiving that word. And just started bawling, crying by myself because I said, you know what? She might be busy, but she's eager for him. And yes. she was the first person who knew without a shadow of a doubt what he was going to do, what he was capable of yes. doing. And it gave me this utter release to know that I can be Mary and Martha simultaneously. And just like yes. you are and just like I am, we're all purposed with a different identity with purpose. Yes. Yes. And that we can own that. And so I felt like this release that he just told me in that mo- moment, like you are like Martha and I love you because you're like Martha. Oh and so I had this whole identity change of like, oh, I don't great. need to be like Mary. I love Mary. Yes. I want, I, I honor Mary. But additionally, yes. like, there's the Martha in me. I think we have a little bit of a time glitch. Are you there? Good. because.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Maybe I should. I got you. Oh, okay. Um, okay. I'm like maybe I should open this one up instead. Um, yeah, I was saying what I love what you said because um, you know, I always feel guilty because a lot of people say, Jerry, how in the world that you do you do what you do. You know, you're here, you're here, you're here, you're here. How in the world do you do everything? And I always tell people, you know, God grace us for everything. He graced you for that. He graced you to be a mom. He graced you to be an entrepreneur. He graced you to be able to, you know, minister or preach or whatever, whatever God has called you to do. Um, And don't feel guilty for what he has given you to do. That, that is what he has placed in your hand and being able, like you said, to be able to balance that Martha and Mary um, personality, to be able to say, I can be a Martha but I know how to sit at his feet, too, you know, and I know how to have that balance. And so every th- this is this is like, Tamara, the number one thing that everybody always asks me, how are you do all of that? I'm able to keep that balance. So, yeah, it's it's that is so really, really good.
0: <laughs> I love that. And I'm the same. And I actually have this conversation even around balance. And I'm like, balance can be fictitious. It can be hard yeah, for I'm us gonna... here. I'm going to pop you on. Do you want me to try this one? Yeah, please. <laughs> There you are.
1: are. All right.
0: There we go. (laughs) There we go. So is this knowing that balance and everyone's talking about like, I want that balance. I want that work-life balance. I want that home-life balance and balance is, very difficult to achieve because I just think it's very fictitious. In the fact that at any given point of our lives, there's going to be a seasonal change yeah. where the thing that takes priority is going to look different this season than it is last season. Last season, with COVID and all the things, everyone was off kilter, no one could be balanced. Yeah. Yet, you and myself were still moving we're still moving, we're still activating. And so I believe more in this understanding of alignment than I do balance. And it's the same concept, but it's this vertical alignment to Jesus, vertical alignment to God so that we can serve horizontally. And without that mind, body, and spirit alignment, my mental health has to be taken care of. My emotional health has to be taken care of, spiritual, soul, all of those things. We have to be in touch with them. Again, seasonally, things will change. Is your physical being the priority every single day? Maybe not. Maybe you're really busy and you're dehydrated and you haven't gone to work out and you're not moving right now in this season because the, the entrepreneurial side is taking over or the motherhood side is taking over, whatever it be? It's this understanding that ultimately, as long as you're vertically aligned to God himself, the horizontal overflow exists and balance is a, is a tricky word to be put out into the universe that again, people secularly are trying to utilize. But I was a gymnast for 16 years and I can tell you balance beam was my favorite and beam. There was no balance on the balance beam. It's hard. (laughs) Like you're constantly teeter tottering. Oh, no, she's paused again, y'all. But her picture is really clear. We have so many people who are with us live right now, and I'm so grateful for you, Shanna. I'm so glad that this met you today. And Morgan, thanks for tuning in. Jerry, are you there? Here. I hear you, but I don't see you. Uh There you are. Can you see me? I can see you. Okay.
1: I said, uh, uh-uh, hold on. We, We're not done here. We're not done here. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, talk talk me through like uh, some things for the, for the listeners today. What do you feel in your spirit? Is just like a word for now. Um, whether it's this understanding of vertical alignment, whether it's this Mary and Martha lifestyle that we live, whether it's about your Ambassador University and and people just saying yes to their God dream. What does that mean to you?
1: Oh, my gosh. Tamara, first of all, what you have spoke about as relates to alignment, making sure that you're in proper alignment um, with God, with yourself, soul, body and spirit, you know, because oftentimes we can just take care of everybody else. Right. And oftentimes we feel selfish because if we're taking care of ourselves, we feel like "I'm, I'm being selfish, You know, um, and so there's a lot of people who have that imbalance um, to take care of everybody else and treat yourself on the back burner, not taking care of your health, not taking care of your mental health, you know, and oftentimes we get depleted. And it's, God is like, listen, I need for you to, to in this moment, to know that you're valuable, know that you're worth the time to sit down and l- watch this and have a meal, to sit down and read a book, to sit down and go take a hike, go, go take a walk and get some fresh air, knowing that you are valuable. So those that are watching, those that are listening, those that are, you know, tuning into this, um, this moment, know that you have a place in this world and that you are valuable, that your voice is needed a generation. And I, I want to share this, Um, Tamara, that every you're not called to everybody and everybody's not going to like you, but you are called to somebody. There's somebody out there that need what you have to offer. There's somebody that need what you had experienced in your life, you know, and don't let the things that people say, the tags that people place on you, um, you know, because people will say to a lot of us, I remember when I was in foster care, And my social worker told me right there in my face that you would never graduate high school. And I was like, okay. He said, (laughs) oh, he said, don't worry about college. He said, what I would do is I would go and get a job. And he literally told me, he said, go get a job. Um, And it actually makes me emotional to this day because of everything I've I've experienced. He said, go get a job and go get this apartment. In section eight. Now, if anybody knows, I don't know if everybody knows about section eight, but it's pretty much a, a living subsidy um, that they give you to help you. And he said, take this, go, you know, and just live your life and go get a job. And I and I and I really sat there and I listened to that and I said, No, I'm worth more. I'm worth more than being on section eight, you know, and and getting this handout and living just a mediocre life. And I decided, Tamara that not only will I graduate high school, but I did it with honors. Yeah, not girl. Graduate high school with honors, um, but I also went to college and did a dual degree from Walden University and graduated with my bachelor's of science and finance. And so I let, I broke the barrier of generational curses. I broke those barriers and those labels that says you're not good enough. You can't do it. You're 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 not quick enough. Whatever it is that the label that people have placed on you, I want you to know that you can break those barriers. You can destroy and annihilate all of those word curses that people put on you. And watch this. I was able, Tamara, to sit right there in New York City. And everybody knows about MTA, the train stations in New York. If you don't, when you come to New York, you got to at least ride it one time. okay? (laughs) (laughs) On the platform waiting for my train and my social worker went past me. And I I did a double take because I couldn't believe that I saw my social worker and I went like this and he turned around the same way and he said, I know you. And I said, yes, you was my social worker. And he said, How are you doing? Oh my God. Good to see you. I said it's good to see you. Automatically, after I said it's good to see you too, it blurted out of me because I said it's so bad. Oh again, yeah, I graduated high school. He said, you did? I said, yeah, top of my class. He said, wow, congratulations to you. And I said, yeah, I'm in college right now. I'm in college. And out in that moment, God said, I gave you that moment so that you can know that you are valued. You are worth it. And he was like, it's so good to see you. Keep doing what you're doing. And I said, thank you. I was able, Tamara, to go back after all of the stuff that I've been through. God was able to vindicate me. Yes. He was me to go back and tell. So I'm getting emotional just talking about like, honestly, to be able to tell somebody, listen, it's so everything that you've been through in your life. It's not the end for you. This is only the beginning of what you are are getting ready to experience the goodness that is getting ready to come to you. You are worth everything that God has for you. And so I was able to go back to my social work, tell him that, but I was also able to go back to ACS, the place from all those years ago where I was taken from my mother's arm at the age of five years old, mm-hmm. I was able to go back to Tamara at, at my older years at the um I went twice in my 20s and in my 30s. I was able to go to Manhattan, New York. They called on me and said, Can you come speak to the foster care kids and let them know your testimony? And I went back to the foster um the ACS building. And I began to tell my testimony amidst all of the young people there that was still in foster care and let them know this is not the end of your story. You have so much to give to the world. You will not be a statistic because many people say that foster children are supposed to be prostitutes. They're supposed to be out there in the world. They're supposed to be on drugs. They're supposed to be the discarded. And I came back and told them: listen, y'all, I made it out. You can make it out too. You can be that successful story.
0: Yeah. It's so incredible. I was literally the whole time thinking, because I didn't necessarily read it on your bio, if you've done any work with the foster care system since I assumed you had knowing your heart, but holy cow, what a moment that, that word vindication really spoke out to me that you said is like knowing that you've been vindicated and that he has given you this renewal opportunity to just speak life into something that was supposed to break you. And I love that you got that moment. I love that you continue to get that moment. And I, I pray all the time for children specifically, but knowing in the foster care system, how, how much detriment takes place there. And yet at the same exact time, like they're all children of God. They're all in our family. And as a family members, we have a responsibility in that space to speak life. Yes. Even if we don't have direct access, what can we be doing as community members to help serve that area of child, children, family. Right. And so I just think it's no different than being home, like homeless families that are out and knowing we always see them because they're visibly there where we don't see the foster care children because they're in a house that they probably shouldn't be in. And so it's this recognition that there are ways to serve the big brother, big sister program is one of them, which is amazing. And so many others. So I am I am so grateful I am even convicted in this moment to like do something let my children be a part of that process so Thank you. Thank you. Um, just so grateful. There are so many amens and hallelujahs and oh mans, oh mys over here. (laughs) And I am just so grateful that we had this time. You guys, if you don't already follow Jerry, you have got to do so. Jerry Robinson, prophetess Jerry Robinson, and she has so many different beautiful titles, but you've got to know that she is a daughter of the King. And above all things, that's the crown that she wears. And I love that so much about her. Her story matters. Your story matters. Get connected with her. If the Ambassador University spoke to you, we talked about it earlier on, Go and tune into that. It's literally ambassadorsuniversity.com. That's with an S, ambassadorsuniversity.com. And you will be seeing more of her. If you're not on Clubhouse, you're totally missing the train. Not the Manhattan train, New York train, but the actual train. (laughs) Because it is going places. And Jerry gets on there and just brings fire all the time. I'm so grateful for that. It is like church on a Monday afternoon. It is like church on a Tuesday morning. It is like church on a Wednesday. So you are following in your mama's footsteps and you are bringing us to church every single
1: day. And I am so grateful for that, friend. Oh, gosh. I'm so grateful to you. Listen, I'm telling you, I'm so excited. Even so much so, uh, Tamara, I really want to offer anyone that's watching or listening in Um, I host a mentorship program called Leading Ladies Mentorship Program. And I really, one thing about me is I love giving back. Um, That has always been something, a foundation of mine. Um, And I would like to give three of your listeners or viewers um, free mentorship for three months. If you are interested, Um, you could definitely, definitely reach out to me, support at jerryrobinson.com, or you can get in contact with me, jerryrobinson.com. And we'll make sure you get get in there. I just believe in giving back and making sure that the next generation know that you are valued and you have somebody there that want you to win. Come on, Jesus. So good. You have a
0: heart of gold. I'm so grateful to be in community with you and excited to support you in the Ambassador University as well. So thank you for that opportunity. And just today was so good. I'm so grateful that It worked out. And we've got people already flooding in saying, I'm interested. So you're going to get some emails here soon. Yes. All right, love. Blessings to you, to your family, to everything God has deposited into your spirit and your heart and your soul and your mind and your health and your home and your platform. God, we just ask for expansion in all of those areas and just that abundance would reign, that she would be the fruit that people need to see and the overflow that people need to experience for them to have the transformation that you have Given her so early in her life, Lord. We thank you for all of those blessings. We thank you for the testimony that she walked. In. We thank you for the mighty force that she is for your kingdom. In your sweet name, we pray. Amen. 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 All right, y'all. See you later. Hey, y'all. It's me again. I hope in today's episode you sense and ignite to an ember within you. Something mentally, physically, emotionally, or spiritually moving that creates and sustains a fire within your journey. Before you go, let's solidify the flame. I'd love for you to take a step right now in declaring your takeaway. By snapping a pic of the episode you tuned into, share your sparked moment and tag me at Faith underscore podcast or me personally at Tamara.andress on Insta. I hope that I can keep you accountable and also share you with the greater community of the Fit and Faith podcast listeners. To subscribe to my weekly Encouragement
1: for You podcast, go to lifeaudio.com. That's lifeaudio.com.